When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Broadcasting live from Florida's capital city, this is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Jeff Cameron Show on a Balls Wednesday. Good to uh, have you along. I'm Jeff. That is Tom. Rector Matthews floating around, doing things, pressing buttons and stuff like that. On Twitter, it's at Jay Cameron Show. <laughs> if you're watching on Warchant TV, uh, you see a floating porcupine or something. I don't know what that is. Hedgehog. Hedgehog. Where do hedgehogs live? I've never seen a hedgehog in Florida. I feel like Australia, but I'll look it up. Find out where hedgehogs live. I'd like, I mean, they're cute as can be. I'd love to see a hedgehog in the wild. Like, look at that hedgehog. But, uh, you know, it's like when you're getting the Midwest, you see all the little chipmunks running around and stuff like that. We don't have them uh, down here. Let's see. There there are desert dwelling types of hedgehogs, but then others live throughout Asia. Uh, European hedgehogs. They have Mediterranean hedgehogs, Africa. So basically everywhere but here. Everywhere yeah. but here. Can't find them in the States. Got to be careful if you're a hedgehog uh, in other countries. You never know what their delicacies are. So be careful, hedgehogs. Scandinavians, uh, you know. <laughs> you ever heard? So I, I watched the uh, the F1 show, and we're finally caught up. So, like, I've got no more episodes. But you ever hear those guys from Finland talk? It, yeah. I mean, you think about what the – you could hear what the Vikings would have said as they as they storm your lands. You just they, They're talking, and they're going through stretches before – Training for race day, the guy's like, hold on, listen up. Oh my god, could you? I'll tell you what's I'll tell you what's funny is um my buddy who's in foreign service and was just here over the weekend, and we were catching up and we were talking about. I mean, I always pick his brains when he's because he's traveled everywhere. He lived in the Ukraine, he's lived in Tajikistan, Uzbekistan, he's lived in India, Poland, he's lived in Estonia, he's lived in a lot of places, anyhow. And we were just talking about places he's traveled because when you live in those other parts of the world, you know, you still get vacation. And so like when you are living in Estonia, where are you going to go on vacation? Well, you're not coming back to the States. You're going to go somewhere close to there. Latvia. Yeah. And so he has talked about places that he's traveled. And he's like, man, go to Norway, go to Finland, go to those places. He's like, they all look like Thor. Yeah, And I go, really? He goes, they're all the dudes are huge and sculpted. Like, it's a good thing they're small countries. He's like, because if they were vast, we'd all be in trouble. They're yeah. massive dudes. They're all gorgeous. And they all speak authoritatively. And it makes you nervous. It's all, you're all like. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. like watching the world's strongest man contest. Only everywhere you look. 
and and they all sound like they're speaking in tongues. You yeah. know, you're just like there is danger present, and the guy is yeah. just saying, "I hope I win the race today." I'm like, oh, yeah. I don't yeah. think that's what he said. I'm a little nervous. He's talking about taking over the world, or that he hates a group of people. You're like, what is going on here? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you don't like it. It's weird, but yeah, he did. He said it's funny to walk the streets over there. You're kind of like. Eh. I mean, he, my friend's six two, and he's like, I felt tiny. He's like, everywhere I looked, these dudes are just giants walking amongst me. I was like, this is ridiculous. Uh, anyhow, so onward we move with Florida State, and uh, Tom went to practice today, but that was after we recorded this. So I have no idea how practice went. I'm gonna guess just fine. I actually don't care how practice went today. I don't care at all because I think that this is a week just to work on some things and get right. And I don't care if it's discombobulated. You got to, well, you got some things to fix. There's nothing that we can break down this week. This is about what the coaching staff does to impart a message, which I, I think would probably be off the books. You can't really, you, know, you could say that oh, they without were, question, you could say they were intense today. You know, you could say that they were militaristic today, or you could say that they were, you know, they gave them space, whatever it is. That gets into to tactics about, you know, how you coach and manage a personality. It's probably off limits. But whatever it is, you know, it, it, I think they're going to choose to be a little bit harder during the bye week. It's my, it's my guess. It's my inkling. It's what Mike Norvell said on the record yesterday. But setting the tone for the second half of the season's, season is important. And how they do that in either the weight room or the training rooms or the meeting rooms. Because, you know, Coach Norvell did say yesterday after practice, Tuesday's interview, yeah. that – you know, we're not satisfied. We were four and oh, we've been four and oh before. So it that doesn't matter anymore. So what are you gonna do to get better to go from here? I think this is when you squeeze. You know, if, if we're playing amateur psychologist here or amateur coach, which is kind of what we do every day, but I, this is when you squeeze them a little bit because you've got to buy and then Virginia Tech. There's no fear inspired in what they do, but you know what they haven't done is start clean. That's what I would harp on for every practice until they do is can we get out the gates and do what we're supposed to do a little bit better, guys? Well, that's a fundamental question about how you play on defense, though. They get out the gates slow on defense always, and then they, you know, the second half adjustments are – it's funny. If our fans took an objective view of what Adam Fuller does at halftime, they would fancy him a second-half Mensa. They would be like, this dude's adjustments at half are insane. Well, the reason they don't do that is because they're still just addled by anger from what they saw in the first half, and they're right to be pissed. That man right now is a man of extremes. When he's good and he gets that defense playing aggressive and downhill, they're really good. They're intimidating. They're physical. They're fun. When they start games too high, laying back, giving everything over the middle that you want. It is excruciating to watch. Now, I will say, in fairness, uh, there are so many aspects of defense, and we can be bad at something while being good at something, and we are, when healthy, very good against the run. Yeah. We stop the run. For the most part, Florida State can stop the run. When guys aren't, you know – dealing with the flu, we, we our defensive line dominates offensive fronts and shuts down the run game. And if you want evidence of that, look at the two best teams we've played. Clemson is going to be committed to the run against everybody they play, and why wouldn't they be with those two backs? That's a good offensive line. They've got a good blocking tight end. 
you've got a young quarterback, and you've got young receivers that you're counting on. So you have to be committed to the run. And they are. I mean, they're going to run a ball 28, 38 times a game. And and they were committed to the run in this game. And outside of the very long run from the back up there, uh, what's Falafel? What the hell is that guy's name? Hill Maffa. <laughs> yeah, him. So <laughs> outside of that long run and a 16-yard run by Shipley, they really didn't have a sustained, successful yep. running game. And here's where I would argue, yeah, if I'm let me put on the devil's advocate cap four. Let me stand for Adam Fuller. Oh boy. We get a punt on the first drive. Yep. It's six plays. They don't go anywhere. And yep. so mission accomplished. Of course, we you know, respond to a punt with a punt. Mm-hmm. And they're they're pinned inside their 10. Master Mono, thank you very much. First and 10, incomplete pass. Will Shipley, two yards. You got him in third and eight. It's a one-on-one. And it felt a little bit like the Wake Forest game. Oh, it's, you, a catch, in, it's a catch for the ages. It is. You're in position. You do everything right, and it pinballs around and then secures against his thigh. Yeah, you know? it's a great catch. They won all the one-on-one plays. I, I, the, the, this is the thing, too, that you can maybe take solace in or be frustrated by. You're bringing up a good point, Tom, but it's happened too many times this year. It happened at Boston College. They win one-on-ones. The other guys win those one-on-ones. We're in. This is better than Wake, though. We're in. Oh, yeah, we're in this position. We're, yeah. we're competing for the ball. Like you know, the greedy Vance one against Wake is a killer because he might go win that football game if he comes away with the interception because you know, it tips off of his hands and it's caught by the kid. Yeah. But he's also falling down and it looks like he's about to bow <laughs> to the offense because he's falling to his knees as it's happening. Renardo's in phenomenal position on one of these plays. Azaria is in great position, looking for the ball. Hips turned around. And then it just it pinballs and rattles home, and that's how that drive continues. Then they get into a fourth and one, which I don't like because we were not getting downhill and competing on that fourth and one, and I don't know what the hell you're waiting for if you're a linebacker in that situation. Uh, but th- then later on that drive, this is the field goal to go put them up three to nothing. They're in a second and 25, and man, I get it. This is, a, this is a game played by young men or men, however you want to classify them. You have a swing pass out to Shipley. It's a good call blitz. It's a nice little throw over Can't the top. The of the he doesn't even get a hand on him. No, but th- that's not even the problem. You've got a receiver that is guilty of a, a felony in terms of a hold on the perimeter a one, in a one-on-one. And they get away with it, and they get into a third and seven, and now they're rolling from second and 25. You do everything right in that situation. I am going to need Kevin Knowles when he comes up to make tackles. Fair, but you should have two guys there rallying to the football. The receiver even does this thing. And then no, you look I know at the, he does his hands. I know. Yeah. And you look at the replay. This isn't the OPI. That comes later. No, the- no, I know. I know. I know. I know the exact series. I've watched it. I mean, good Lord. And then you, you combine that with the maulings that the defensive line received. Like, I think generally speaking, they played even better than maybe the score would indicate. And in, well, in I'm not going to give up seven points on the road in a hostile environment in the second half. They were done. They scored seven of their own. No, no, right. they. There's no getting around this fact that the adjustments go back to the LSU game. I mean, right. the adjustments made are exceptional. They're okay in the first half, but they look like Swiss cheese a couple of times too in this drive uh, for Clemson. They're just guys wide open. On the on the on the, I think it's the touchdown drive. Um, yeah, the it, first it, the first touchdown drive I think is the bad one. The the second one again, 
if you're if you're just trying to be on balance of of what Clemson's allowed to get away with, that's the OPI. That's where Braden Fisk is getting dragged to the ground. I mean, like literally, like worse than what Byers was called for in the second half, as they hit a shot over the middle to put him inside the five yard line. That's also the Tatum Bethune hold where they're going to be in third and goal in that situation, and you're going to call a hold there where the tight end engages him, and then they're running together in an uncatchable situation, like. I just I think that they didn't play that great in the first half, but they played a lot better than you think in the first half before kicking some ass in the second. But, but the point with the evidence of this team this year is that they don't start well defensively and they they do end well. And so what you end up noting with this team outside of the flu game, but uh, and even then they got the stop when they had to have it. They even got a fourth down stop in that game and we screwed it up. So you know yeah. you had you bowed up there. Um, there's enough blame to go around. There's enough frustration to go around. They are 4-0. They are mentally tough. They are physically tough, especially in the red zone. Uh, they make stops. Listen, one of the things to celebrate here is, and I know this is our MO this year. You've talked about it, rightfully so. But you're still outnumbered on the perimeter when he chooses to make that throw on third and one instead of handing the ball off, which is what he should have done. But when he turns and throws that bubble, Ben... Bernardo gets off that and makes the tackle and they're aggressive. Brown is there and they, they fight through it and stick his ass for a loss. There's still law against the Clemson blocking somebody in that situation and getting a yard. Right. I mean, threw it out there for a reason. They had the numbers advantage. Well, he's, but he's nuts. They blocked no, 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 it up. No, no. Listen, yeah. listen, of course you have to understand yeah. situations and yeah. he didn't understand the situation. The situation is that you turn and hand the ball to Will Shipley because he's going to get a yard. You're not going to stop him from getting a yard in that situation. He actually only needed about eight inches. Yeah. So they're going to get the first down because if he doesn't get it on that down, they're going to turn and hand it to him again on the next down. He's getting a yard, period. So you have to know that before you ever come to the line of scrimmage. But the point would be the only reason he has the option to make that throw is it is an RPO and he can look out there and see that they have numbers and do the math. And now uh, if you're a coach, you got to tell him this is one of the times you don't have an option to hand the ball off. Mm -hmm. You got to tell him that. But the point would be he did have numbers and we fought through it and made the tackle because that's what we do currently. So it's impressive that we do that. And I'm proud of us for that. They can be so much better is the reason that I'm optimistic. Yeah, agreed. I, I think it all evened out in the end for the defense. Our assessment of it evened out because if I'm going to speak precisely to how I feel, I think they played better than it would than it would be suggested in the score sheet in the first half. But I think there were a couple of vulnerabilities in the second half that weren't taken advantage yeah. of that we got away with. Uh, one of them is the fumble. Um, the fumble where it, it goes from second and two to second and six or third and six or something along those lines. We're late getting over to the left. He's yeah, we're going to get beat on the play. Well, he's trying to get the ball out there as quickly as possible yeah. is what's happening. And then you have a Christian Ponder, Ty Jones moment where yeah, it simply hits his arm. Yeah, right. Exactly. But the reason he's trying to really, we, they surprised us with how quickly they moved in that situation. Yeah. It was, it was, um, it was like a counter movement. We've been, we've, been, we've been late before, and Mike is furious about that. He's brought it up more than once. That's correct. I think that's good management by Riley, though, because they hadn't gone tempo like that in quite some time. So it was like, oh, a shock to the system. And then the third and 12, this one I'm in between on, because you go and you blitz, you get downhill for a reason. But if you look at the third and 12, and it's a throw, it's a quick slant, and Renardo cleans it up, makes the play, forces a fourth and four, and they're punting. 
there's a communication issue on the left side between Greedy Vance and Kevin Knowles. I'm sure everybody is shocked. But there's a, a deep there's a deep release by a receiver, and nobody takes the kid. I, I'm going to wager that down the line this season, somebody else saw that, and in a third and whatever, they're just going to chuck it up without even thinking, without even reading, to see if we well, handle that situation better, provided the same personnel is on the field. But the, the reason I'm a little bit between, I know this is in the, in the weeds, I'm a little in between on that play is when you get downhill, he doesn't have time to make that that read and that correct. threat. That's what you're banking on. So that, that one's in between. But the fumble, we did get lucky. For sure, we got lucky in that situation. Yeah, and in every game, there's going to be a moment where that happens, where you can go back on film and another team got lucky against yes. us. We had them dead to rights and a guy slips or something weird like that happened. Oh, yeah, Casey Roddick got beat on a third down um, in a decisive moment in the fourth quarter. It's a, it's a whiff on the interior, and this is with Toafili's outright. He motions back, sidecar, they snap the ball. It's the rail, and I think they're going to hit the rail again. And Clemson fans at that point in that alternate universe are saying, Lawrence Toafili, with this? Yeah. that guy in this building, what is it about that guy in this building? But because you don't win in the interior, you're right. Coaches see this all the time. They, they have to be so desensitized to stuff like this but it's yeah, they do it's 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 you you under jimbo never could get past it he yeah. would talk about it incessantly and i would want to say coach that's football it's yeah. played by human beings you tell me all the time that the other guys are on scholarship too i mean right. like everybody's trying to prevent something or succeed in something but everybody it's a you know it's a, especially when it's like athletes yeah, you're going to, you know, I'm going to beat you. You're going to beat me. And then we're going to get up and do it again. This right. is what's going to happen. It's it's just, this is the way it works. In the grand um, scheme, I, I think that's where my grand point is. I think it all washed. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you, you're more unlucky than you, than you should oh, be. Sure, There are games. Well, Clemson would tell you all about the Duke game. Right. Exactly. I mean, my goodness gracious. They, they, I mean, they're still thinking to themselves, are you effing kidding me with this game? I mean, you saw it with Dabo after that game when he, I think he right, was right. I like to make fun of Dabo, but I got to tell you right now, he's had two really good press conferences. The one after the Duke game, I thought he was spot on when he just said, look, credit to Duke, but this is the weirdest game I've ever been involved in. I mean, they had over 200 yards rushing and passing and lost. It's like ridiculous. And then the same thing, you know, after our game, he was very, very complimentary. It is interesting. I, I want to point this out. I love watching coaching dynamics, our own, within the staff, the way we view their maturation and working together, and then those who we play against. And where what where are they at in that point of their career? Now, you have a veteran guy like Dabo. We've all got an opinion on Dabo. Who, he said so many ludicrous things over the years, and it, it's bizarre sometimes even, and we all have seen the TikTok and all the other stuff. Okay, got it. And he somehow finds a way to deflect like normal football questions and turn them into religious rants. It's all strange. Okay, got it. But here's here's the deal. I do think when he isn't trying to be something he's not and answers the questions that are before him and speaks honestly about coaches or football or where the, he's not so bad. After that game, he was very complimentary of Florida State and. He talked about how, you know, their team's getting better and it's frustrating to lose a game like that and Florida State made more, more play than we did. But if you couple that with the conversation, I don't know what he said, but he wanted to say, he wanted to be sure that he kept Mike around long enough to finish saying what he wanted to say because he had his arm around him. Mm -hmm. If you go back a year ago when Clemson beat Florida State after the game, he said something about, 
Norvell's doing a good job with this program. Mike's doing a real good job here. You can tell, you know, he was complimentary. Uh, and, and he did it, he did it when we lost on the road there um two years ago after that close yep. game. Oh, that game uh, we we outperformed our talent to a ridiculous mile, right? And yes. he, I think he took notice. And it's been interesting to watch the evolution of that. I think he really thinks Mike Norvell's a good coach. I don't need him to. I don't really care. But I'm just pointing this out observationally. I do think that that you could have, because it could get very interesting. I think Florida State is on the come. I think Florida State's only going to get better. I think his recruiting classes improve, and yeah. you have a bedrock of talent, and you're not so reliant on the portal, and you won't be going up and down and up and down. You'll just remain somewhere up here around 9 to 11 wins every year. I mean, you'd love to go undefeated every year, but that's unreasonable, even for Alabama. So, you know, you, you, well, when you become that program. And it should be noted that there's 12-team playoff moving forward, so you don't have to always be at 11 to get in. Right. You could be a 10-2 and two team and get in. It depends on who you lose to, whatever. So as Florida State become, if that becomes now your floor, that you have risen the program to a place where 9-3 and three is your floor, 12-0 and 0 is your ceiling, and obviously, I know we play extra games if you win a championship, but that that's what Clemson's been. That's what Alabama's been. That's what Georgia is right now. These uh, Ohio State's been that, right? Where they, they, even in bad years, they go 10 and 2. Well, as Florida State becomes that, if Clemson doesn't implode, and they might, you don't know. I mean, they could lose two more times this year. And if you lose four or five games, knows what happens with that program in that locker room we never know but i would just suggest based on the talent level they're about to be really good again unfortunately i think the quarterback's good i think they're they're, they're good on the offense and defensive line i know behind the starting linebackers which are elite they also have a five-star waiting in the wings that they recruited last year they've recruited well those young receivers are very, very good. In fact, they're the yeah. best players that they have are the young receivers. Yeah, they're about to turn into a passing offense because they're going to lose Shipley Maffa. And then Thank God. now they're going to go into more of an air raid than a dirt raid, I would think. You know, straight up old school air raid, four wide, let Klubnik, you know, go chuck it around the lot. Yeah, yeah and, and that's fine. And we'll see how we react to that. But the point would be, I think they've got good personnel. I think they're about to be good again. Why do I bring that up? Well, I think what you have... <laughs> Ironically, this will all happen while Florida State behind the scenes needs to be fighting their tail off to get out of this conference. But my goodness gracious, you might very well have right before your eyes what the ACC has dreamt of from the beginning. You may have a dominant Florida State, a dominant Clemson, and God forbid they get it together down in Miami and that they have the right OC there and that guy can recruit. And I hope that doesn't happen. I'm worried that it will. And you get a good Miami and you sustain a good North Carolina. All of a sudden, the ACC is like, hey, this is what it was supposed to be. Yeah, just in time for it to break apart like the PAC. Maybe we can have a send-off season for the ACC like the Pac-12 is enjoying right now, which is, it could have always been like this. Well, and it is a shame. I don't, I don't, listen, I would, I want to get out of here. We need the money. We got to go. I got it. I got it. But it is a shame. I mean, I, I, I like regionality. I like the different conferences. I like the different style of play. I wish the Pac-12 would stay intact. Uh, I like, I, I'm happy for them to have a great season. It's sad in a weird way that they're playing this well now. 
I mean, there, you could argue there are five really good teams in the Pac-12 right now. It's crazy. I mean, it's just we've not seen that. Even when they were good, we haven't seen that. And now that they're disbanding, this is what they have. It's nuts. Uh, I, I don't know. It's it's an interesting time for college football. Some of it's negative in my eyes, but some of it's very very fascinating. And the ACC is part of that. I mean, I I walked off. I, I I think we walked off that field, ending that streak at the right time. And I think Clemson's about to be good again. I think Miami may be on the verge of being decent. Yeah, I, I think relative to what it's been in the past, for the most part, for the last six seven years, your conference aptitude like if you're just talking about strength of each conference individually it's not the sec head and shoulders above everybody else this year it's not maybe in the nfl draft it will still look that way i kind of doubt it i think i think even that margin is going to be whittled down and smaller than it has been in recent nfl drafts but this is a this is an interesting year for the committee and, and we were talking about it last hour with the espn rankings yeah but if you're just looking at where the committee goes from this and and they're not all in the Southeast. You know, these people are have regional bias based upon where they went. And you got West Coast people, uh, Heartland, yeah. and then East, Northeast. I want to see how this is framed this year in terms of the strength of the conferences relative to each other. You know, the Big 12 is top heavy, but they've got a couple of candidates. And that Red River game in a week is going to be very, very important to, you know, who's, who's the lead dog. The Pac-12 has several. I think the ACC has several, but I don't know that they believe that because, you know, Duke wasn't ranked before the season started. Miami has two losses. Yeah. And, and even though North Carolina beat South Carolina, I, you haven't seen them jump up in the polls and get the respect for that. By the way, North Carolina stomped South Carolina and South Carolina is winning by two scores on the road at Georgia at halftime. That's a hell. Uh, there's your point. And let's say that Texas A&M messes around and it makes it a close game with LSU and or Alabama. And you've got the Miami data point you know, for what they did to Texas A&M. They tried to give that game away, and they still won. So, yeah, and they scored a 1,000. But will that be recognized in the grand scheme? Believe me, the, these license plates behind me are about irony and humor. I'm not literally saying go ACC, but I am interested to see how the pundits this year discuss relative conference well, strength. It will be right a, now the polls, we're not getting respected. It will be an interesting discussion because Florida State throttled LSU in the second okay. half of that game. And Miami throttled Texas A&M in the second half of that game. Those are two direct ACC versus SEC results. Throw in North Carolina, South Carolina. That's another result. And you have, and those are dominant wins. Yeah. Yep. Not even close. Not even close. So the, it is fascinating. And I am curious to see uh, how how that's viewed I'm really more fascinated, obviously, in cleaning up things back home and making sure we get the most efficient bunch that we could from this group because this group is talented and they they can play better than this. And yet here they sit as evidence of how talented they are. They're 4-0 and they haven't been efficient and they can be. And I need Jordan Travis to get back to being Jordan Travis. I want to see Mike actually get this thing kind of ironed out and cleaned up a little bit. Um, I, I, I believe it'll happen as they get healthy and this bye week couldn't have come, as we said, at a better time. Jeff Cambridge, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV.
Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply hey seminoles we all know how important it is to score in the red zone but are you prepared for success in the retirement zone the five years leading up to your retirement date and immediate five years after a critical time of thoughtful planning for you and your family. And our friend and fellow Noel, I might add, Adam Tolliver, and his team at Artists and Financial Strategies are prepared to coach you to victory. Some of us are at midfield, that'd be me, and want to plan ahead. Others are ready to punch it in. You're already on the goal line. Whether making sure you know how much you can spend without running out of money, protecting yourself and your family from a long-term care event, or carefully planning your legacy, the Artisan team brings a combined 30-plus years of advisory experience and world-class resources to help you navigate the way. For more information, just head over to noretirement.com. That's just one word, noretirement.com. The Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. Birdie in the hand for life's rich demand, the insurgency. Deep dive into where Florida State's at during the bye week. Uh, I just overlooked joy and the goodness that is Zaxby's. But I'm making amends for it right now. I may get a platter today. I may get a platter tomorrow. I may get a platter Saturday. I don't know. Don't have a pregame show to do Saturday. Maybe I'll go get us a platter and just sit back and watch college football all day. I've been known to do so. Go to one of your 74 neighborhood Zaxby's and enjoy the split-top bun, the thick-cut pickles, and the beautiful, beautiful chicken breast that Zaxby provides for you. It's a massive sandwich, and it's delicious. You pull that Zax sauce on there, and you're good to go with the crinkle-cut fries to boot. Get about it. Over 18 years' worth of being a Golden Chief Booster, too, for your neighborhood Zaxby's. 74 of them, in fact. Yeah, they, they got a Philly now, chicken Philly that you can What? Say. Yeah, so that's their little they they roll stuff out, little sticks for each, you know, football season because they know that people throw down during football season they all year all year round, but you know, you go grab a Zaxby's on a game day, but they these experiments happen and sometimes they stick on the menu. But uh yeah, I'm not well, I'm, I'm rooting for the chicken Philly to survive. I would be for it. But I just have to say no cheese. So people say, what's the point? Well, the peppers and the onions. You could put peppers and onions on anything. And I'm like, well, that just got better. That just got way better. I think that about cheese. 
<laughs> I think that about cheese. Cardboard. Well, cheese on there might make it all right, guys. Yeah. You know, another thing that just makes me excited when I see it on, mm. on a menu, like you read the, the, the whatever the item is on the menu, and I go, ooh, cherry tomatoes. When they say cher- specifically cherry tomatoes, yeah, like, like cherry them. tomatoes, you're not messing around around these parts. I like cherry tomatoes as well. You know what I liked this morning when I got up? I laughed about it because I told you already that this was going to happen. But uh, I got up and I was kind of reading the world news and just getting a feel for what's what. And I clicked over at ESPN just to see some scores last night. And then I went, oh, look at that. Exhibition hockey has begun. Mm. Those poor bastards don't get a day off. (laughs) It's a brutal sport and they seem to play it year round. It's ruthless. Those guys must look at the preseason for the NHL. If you're on a team, you must be like, I just got done watching the Stanley Cup finals. Why are we suiting back up? This is ridiculous. Look, everybody has to have respect for a trench monster or a linebacker or a running back at the NFL. But if an NHL player wanted to say, these wimps, I wouldn't begrudge them that. You play 82 games? <laughs> 82 games and then if you're good enough you play two months of playoffs where that is really uncomfortably physical the playoffs are the uh the trauma that the body goes through in that sport especially because when there is impact it's at higher speeds because you're on ice and you're mm. skating on ice uh yeah they um they they uh they it, they tend to limp a lot more than than most other athletes in their older age. You see him walk around, they get honored. There's Gordy Howe. You're like, he can't walk. He can, yeah. he's skated for 60 years. That man can't walk. Yeah, it's 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 brutal. I did I did uh I I I know we're not gonna talk hockey here, but uh, I did see where uh the lightning are very much a byproduct of having gone all in and boy it's a good thing they did because they brought home some Stanley Cups. But it's uh the roster is a, a top 10 roster. And then from their prospects, your dead ass last 31 in contracts and cap <laughs> and your owner and coach are considered number one. So you have the owner coach combo. Number one, you have the roster, a top 10 roster, and then the prospects of the future looking pretty dim because you've had to give it all away and you have no money. Folks, this would be because it literally is. If your NFL team traded away their first round pick every single year, isn't that the Rams? Haven't the Rams done that? Yes, pretty uh, much. Yeah, that's that's what they've done. They're completely gutted in the farm. Now the salary cap's finally going up, so you might be able to prolong what this is through free agency finally. But yeah, if you're thinking about the 2028 uh, season tickets for the Lightning, wait. I think the price is going to come down a little bit between now and then. Um, by the way, uh, if you're an Atlanta Braves fan and, and base, this is the best time of year. You've got the NHL preseason beginning, which means soon we will have NHL hockey. The NBA will be getting started soon enough with their camps and all of that. And I'm a sportsman. I like sports. I like seasons. I like, uh, I like it all. I watch the NBA. I watch the NHL. I love major league baseball, but obviously we're a football first show and we're a first, well, first nation, but we've got both going on as we speak. So pretty soon between the Ryder Cup this weekend, this week here, yes, I know. I've had it on in the background in terms of live from over there uh, for the last two days. 
I got it. I, I have it on in the background right now. Yeah. So real quick, did you see you? So you saw yesterday's there's the segment where Paul McGinley has the Ryder cup on the, on the set. Yeah. And Brandel is, is asking him a question. It is the longest question in the history of questions on television. I think he went four and a half, five minutes before he let Paul McGinley answer whatever it is. He was trying to make a point for And Paul goes, that's, that's very well put. <laughs> like he was, I think he was like, dude. Yeah. What? Do we, I've got 90 seconds. What the hell was that? What am I supposed to say? Yeah. You gave me no time to respond. Um, well, I like the chorus, by the way. I've enjoyed the flyover and kind of getting to know the chorus a little bit. It looks looks awesome. It looks like a fun course. Yeah, it looks like if you played this course for major, you wouldn't be pleased with it. But for match play, I think you've got yourself a winner. Yeah. yeah, it should be fun. Uh, I really don't think if the Europeans play their best golf, I think we're in trouble. Uh, but that's just, you know, I mean, it would make sense because they've got Rom and Rory. And obviously we saw what happened at the end of the year with uh, what's his face. But it, yeah, Hovland. But apparently yeah. they, they chopped the rough down a little bit. And there are a lot of wide areas for 300 plus yard drives. That, I think this is. You know, if France was the anti-American course, which go figure, there's an anti-American La Golf National in France. Yeah. This one's pretty neutral, I think. So we'll see. Well, let's hope. I uh, it'll be fun to watch. This is the one time a year where you become xenophobic, and uh, and and it, can't wait. <laughs> I can't all, all of the cliches. I can't wait. I'll be walking around the grounds and theme parks. What's more American than walking around theme parks in Orlando? Oh my USA? God. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> well, I'm going to, but my point was where we are now in the sports seasons in the sports world is heaven. You've got baseball's postseason starting soon. And man, what a postseason it's going to be. It's wide open. This is so fun. Uh, and the Braves, by the way, last night, I don't know if you saw this, they topped their uh, 300 home run mark. Uh, as a team last year, uh, last night, they hit their 300th home run, and uh, the record all time is is 307. Uh, so they got, they got a chance to break the all time team record for most home runs in a season. It is crazy to look up and down their lineup and to see what they've done from a power standpoint. But that, I'm losing the point. Point is, we've got postseason getting ready to start. Oh. We've got the NHL getting ready to start. We're in smack dab in the middle of the NFL. We've got the Ryder Cup starting tomorrow. We've got, I mean, this is, goes on and on and on. It's glorious. It is. No, but you're not missing the point because, uh, you know, I would say it's not a wide open field for the MLB playoffs. So this oh, is, I think it is. This is Atlanta's to lose. The, <laughs> the power in this lineup. Well, hang on now. This is historically the greatest power hitting team in the history of baseball. Might be. They absolutely, well, they, they need seven more home runs. I think we're playing into next week. So this is this is one where you got to close the deal. There's a little bit of pressure on them, but I think they can handle it because they look, everybody in the lineups hit 30 home runs. And that's what the that's what the playoffs are about is winning three to two with three solo shots. This is the Braves to lose 100 percent. Olsen has 53 home runs. Acuna hit his 41st last night. Acuna's numbers are absolutely insane. And I really appreciate that since I picked him to win the MVP. I could not have known that when I picked him to win the MVP before the season that he would hit 335 with 41 home runs and 103 RBIs and OPS over 1,000. He's going to steal 70-something. He's insane. This is crazy. I mean, that kid is a, a freak show. 
So you know what's crazy is uh, you know who the Braves are breaking the record that they're going to break. They got five games hit seven home runs. They're going to do it. Uh, it's the Twins. The Twins from- and the Yankees have three hundred six and three hundred seven respectively. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy that the that Twins team with which if you go and you look at that season, it's in the last five years, right? It was like 2020, 2019, yeah, so, yeah. whatever. Couldn't have been 2020. You look up and down that lineup, there's like one name, and it's Nelson Cruz. The rest of them, you're like, huh? This guy? That guy? Nelson Cruz, if we remember Nelly, um, he when he's – I mean, he had a long run of being a consistent 30-plus home run guy. Dude was ridiculous. Um, and also on steroids. <laughs> that, that that is with a record i i mean i i i'm not just saying that he got caught but uh and was suspended but man could he hit for remember the commercial where he talked about the boomstick oh yeah absolutely. that was hilarious yeah yeah the boomstick commercial was good mlb had a little run there I'm looking, okay, so Max Kepler, Byron Buxton, Eddie Rosario, Miguel Sano, Jonathan Scope, C.J. Crow. Like, that's the team that broke the record for what home. Did Sano, what did he hit that year? Uh, Miguel Sano, 34. I remember that. I'm like, why is Miguel Sano hitting three? <laughs> how, about, how about not just screwing Mitch Garver, the catcher? You know who Mitch Garver is? I don't. He hit 31 home runs. Mitch was feeling it that year, buddy. <laughs> they, all, they all protected each other. Uh, we'll come back. We got to do probables and wrap it up. Chef Cameron Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio War Chant TV. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey guys, our next partner is AG1, the daily foundational nutritional supplement that supports whole body health. I drink it quite literally every single day. I began using AG1 because I'll be honest with you, I don't like to take a bunch of pills and vitamins and I just wanted something that tastes great, was quick and easy to remember. So I do it. I do it every morning. When I wake up, I certainly have it right after my coffee and before I work out. And I will tell you this, too. It is um, a simple, effective investment for your health. You can try AG1 and get five free AG1 travel packs and a free one-year supply of vitamin D with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash JCS. Again, that's go to – all you got to do is go to uh, drinkag1.com slash JCS. That's drinkag1.com slash JCS. Check it out. It's delicious. It's quick. It's easy. It's proven. Vitamins, probiotics, whole food source nutrients. Start your day with it. You'll feel better. I promise. The Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. Our friends at Power Mill Training Academy, powering performance, Power Mill equipping, motivating athletes focused on baseball and softball with the specific tools 
to reach their p- true potential. It's uh, it's fun to watch your kids play uh, little league baseball and go on up and you know play as as they get better and they get on the big field. But it's more fun when you know that they have the fundamentals in tow and that they're capable of getting the most out of whatever their ability is. And that's true of softball. So if you got a you got a girl, you got a boy, they're playing softball, baseball. Uh, send them on over to Power Mill where they have trained. Uh, players for 45 years plus in terms of experience, 27 alumni in the majors, over 2,000 alumni overall. Uh, great hitting instruction, great fielding instruction there. Power Mill Training Academy. If you want to learn more, powermillsports.com. It's time for Probables. Just got done talking about how good baseball is. We got some games tonight. Let's get to with the Probables. It's time for, how you say, with the pitching, uh, Probables? D-backs. White Sox, Brandon Fat. Always fun to say, TBD for the White Sox. Marlins, Mets, Tommy, Braxton, Garrett, you guys don't know who you're throwing. What are you guys, 71 and 85? Uh, that's correct, 71 wins. There we go. You're playing a doubleheader, there's a makeup today. Yeah, because they got rained out last night. So, yeah, so you got a doubleheader. The Mets are like, we don't know. Uh, both games for the Mets have been announced as TBD. Opening day with the Brewers next year, baby. That's yes. what we're focusing on right now. That's what we got. The Marlins don't know who they're pitching in the second game, but they're throwing back Braxton Garrett in the first game. Designated hitter, Shohei Otani. <laughs> Reds, Guardians, Andrew Abbott, Shane Bieber. Rays, Red Sox, Tyler Glasnow has been really good since coming back from injury. Uh, he'll throw for the Rays. The Red Sox will throw Brian Bellow. We got the Nationals and the Orioles, Patrick Corbin and Grayson Rodriguez. Kansas City and Detroit, Jonathan Bowen making his first start. Tariq Skubal going for the Tigers. Pirates lost in extra innings last night to the Phillies. Screw you, Director Matthew. We were the better team last night, losing 3-2 to two and 10 because of the rules that uh, are in place for extra innings these days. But uh, John o- Oviedo will pitch for the Pirates. He's been good. Uh, your, lately. Does your center fielder not have much of an arm, or was that just hit weakly to center? That was hit weakly to center. Okay. Ranger Suarez goes for the uh, Phillies there. We got the Yankees and the Blue Jays. Garrett Cole, Jose Barrios, nice matchup there. Should be fun. Go Blue Jays. Cubs, Braves, Jamison Tyon, Darius Vines going for the Braves. The A's and Twins will play Joey Estes. Pablo Lopez, Cardinals, Brewers, Zach Thompson, Wade Miley. Full slate tonight, everybody. Dodgers, Rockies. This will tide you over to football tomorrow. Emmett Sheehan and Noah Davis. We've got the Rangers and the Angels. Dane Dunning, Griffin Canning. It's a cheater on the golf courses, Griffin. Astros, Mariners, Fromber Valdez and Bryce Miller. Finally, Padres, Giants late. Matt Waldron and Sean Manaya. That is a look at those that shall reside on the bump. Whew. Always sad when regular season baseball ends because it's a constant. It's the white noise in this household in the background while fixing dinner. It is the, okay, I've got some things I got to read on the computer, but I'm going to put the baseball on over here while I read and kind of check in with the games. It's the first thing I do in the morning when I wake up because I went to bed before the night games ended and I walk out to the living room after making coffee and I sit down with my cup of joe and I check the weather and I check the news and I watch the condensed games of the ones that I miss because I want to know who's doing what. And that is my favorite feature about the MLB season pass is that those condensed games are about nine minutes long. They don't suck. You see everything, everything you need to see. 
Yeah, well, hopefully the uh, the consumer public does not think of that as a good uh, substitution outright for live viewing because then the bubble we're talking about will burst even quicker. Yeah. Uh, this is my last uh, probables this season. Sad. Sad. Oh, when do you get back? Monday. I when mean, like, this? you know, regular season. You do probables for the postseason, but I, I do. Yeah. It. Yeah. yeah. It does make me sad. It's, um, I don't know. I There's something soothing about a baseball game certainly differs from a football game there's something soothing about a baseball game on in the backdrop a regular season you know middle of june or july just sort of monday tuesday night it's two to two in the fifth as you walk past and glance at the television and walk in and uh give your wife wife a kiss and say what are we doing for dinner tonight and that, that game's just on during all of that you walk down you see your kids in the hall you talk to them, you're, you're kind of figuring out how your evening's going to go. But the constant is that baseball game that's on in the background and the 2-2. Yep. Out yep. off, out off, and they'll do it again. But next week is a great time because uh, when you have, <clears throat> you know, four games consecutively for the division series, that's some of the best television because it starts at noon and it goes oh, all the way to the yeah. end of the night. Like outside of uh, Pittsburgh Steelers games, the best place that you see towels waving in the stands is an MLB playoff game. That's yeah. so cool. It really, the visual of that just, it changes here. You're watching this one thing, which is the lazy summer and then the urgency and, you know, Oh yeah. A razor's edge in a postseason, And, and you watch towels. Yep. It's two different. It's crazy. It's almost a completely different sport. I'm curious. Like I, um, I mean, I, I really, I think I like regular season baseball more than I like postseason baseball, but I love both. So it doesn't really matter. But I, I mean, that's one of those, it, it, it is, it is weird when you sit down and think, okay, well, we got 162 of these and then it ends. It, it reminds me of like birthdays. Yeah. Like the, the end of baseball season reminds me of, well, now that I'm old. Well, <laughs> and, and, and then people also, they, they jump, well, it reminds me of mine because I was born on game six of the 86 World Series. Right. But, um, they jump to conclusions. National media do every year in the postseason that are just ridiculous. You know, they want to crown a team because they're up 2-0 in a series, and you're like, this is baseball, folks. What are you doing? Like, the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen ESPN do before Colorado coverage was the Cubs in 2015. That was the team that we swept. Yeah. That was the team that we swept, and they're covering. they got live sports center from Wrigley. They're down 3-0. It's almost like they were trying to hunt the Red Sox of 04 and they were trying to will that story to be. It's like, guys, baseball is if you think you know what's happening in, in the MLB playoffs, think again. It just never goes that way. Yeah, we've seen teams win 109 games, 110 games and lose in the postseason. Seattle, the one year to the White Sox. Good work out of you, brother. Safe travels. And to everybody that watched and or listened, we appreciate you very much. You guys be good. I'll be back on a redemption Thursday tomorrow. Probably no Friday show, but definitely a show tomorrow. So you'll want to tune in then. Be good, everybody. Until next time. Peace.